Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. Me and your boy Ben Gabriel in for a huge week for our Ohio State Buckeyes. Welcome back to the show, Ben. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, nice doing it from my own apartment again. Yeah, no. I like uh, this. uh, It's not too bad getting to do it uh, right in your own home, ain't it? Yeah. The blanket on the couch. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah, we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. It's just another day for us talking sports. And we're, of course, we got to start. Biggest game of the year up to date for us, Buckeyes, as we're going up against Penn State at home. It's as it's a noon game. It's the biggest on, game on in college Fox. football of the year. Biggest game in college football of the year. I'd agree with that. But just got to say it first and foremost before we get to the game. Why the hell is this a noon game? It's just Fox, dude. Fox runs the Big Ten. Big Ten noon kickoff. Yeah, but have you seen who we play next week and what time we play? I'm sure we play a shitty team at night. We play Wisconsin at night. It's because it's not a Fox. Like Fox gets to pick first. They, they choose what time they we get play? dibs. Okay, so who else do they got playing at night then? It's like, who are you playing but at Fox night? Fox doesn't over? care about their night game because ESPN's night game is their primetime game. Yeah. And then CBS's primetime game is 3.30, and then Fox's primetime game is noon. They did it so there's a good game at every time slot. Okay. Which is bullshit. Yeah. Because we should be playing at 8, 8.15 under the lights, <laughs> just like how, how it always has been. Yeah, yeah. With the sea red. <laughs> filling the shoe 100,000 plus yeah <laughs> see and as big as it can get three in the nation right now Penn State's listed at six in the nation one of the few teams that's still undefeated and Drew Aller who while he's still a young quarterback he's been shining this season he's been playing with some style he's been getting outside the pocket a lot making plays with his legs but we were talking about it right before we got on you know we've been sleeping we've been sleeping on our quarterback Kyle McCord all season and we were just talking about it two minutes ago. Bring up the stats again, comparing the two quarterbacks. Uh, Drew Aller on the season, 118 for 181 for 1,254 yards and 12 touchdowns. Kyle McCord, 109 for 170, 1,651 yards, 11 touchdowns, and one pick. So if you're struggling to process all of those numbers, you viewers. Kyle McCord, basically- yeah. It's basically saying Kyle McCord's done thrown it 10 less times this season, yet he still has 400 more yards. And, I mean, he has he has a pick on the season. Drew Aller's yet to throw a pick. But it's basically saying for all the people that have been loving Drew Aller this season, I mean, his stats aren't as good as he's looked on the field. Yeah, exactly. But I think a big part of that at the same time is just because Penn State's offense is very two-dimensional. And that's why it's going to be our uh, OSU defense is going to be extremely tested against Penn State's offense because they've been waiting to go up against a key opponent like the Buckeyes all season long. And you got to be thinking they're going to be bringing the juice on the road. Yeah, I think it's going to be a battle of like our defensive line versus their offensive line. Yeah. Because our, de- our defensive line has not looked great against stopping the run. Have you seen the uh, PFF grade for defensive linemen and who's leading it in the Big Ten? Is it JTT? No. Is it that dude from Penn State? No. Don't tell me. He was in my like, class. Is it so. Tyleek Williams? Tyleek Williams. Yeah, he has a tackle for loss like every game. Yeah. No, he's, he's 
he's been playing out of his mind this season, so keep an eye on him yeah. as he's going to be one of the main forcers to go along with our stacked defensive line to try and pressure Drew Aller. But as I was just saying when we first started talking about it, we got to be able to contain Drew Aller as much as we need to pressure him. Yeah, Because I think where he's going to beat us most is if he gets outside of the pocket with his receivers, you know, just scrambling around the field trying to get open. That's where they're going to beat us most. Yeah. Because they don't – I mean, they have a wide receiver one on their team, but they don't force feed it to anybody. They they share the wealth. They share the load. They use three different running backs. It seems like they've had almost six or seven different receivers that they've used in many different games all season long. We don't know who's going to beat us. But, I mean, if we had to pick a guy – I mean, are you picking the run game? Who are you more worried about? I guess I should say the run game or the pass game for Penn State. I'm more worried about their run game. I yeah. think that our the way our defense defends the pass has been, I mean, really good. Yeah, people don't they don't even throw to Denzel Burke anymore. I mean, he's a beast. <laughs> yeah. But our defensive line against Maryland looked terrible. They ran the same run play every fucking like every play, and they'd get eight yards. It's like, yeah. what are we doing? We, I feel like we have to stack the box, play some man coverage. DB's got to make some plays, make them make run the ball. As of right now, make um, throw the as ball. we're, what are we, six or seven weeks into the season? I want to say, say we're seven weeks into the season now. Penn State's 32nd in the nation in rushing yards per game, 127th in passing. I mean, they averaged over 200 yards rushing a game. Yeah. So you got to think, like, maybe we can let Drew Aller be as flashy as he wants – if we can contain their run game, don't let them get outside the pocket. I have very strong or strong belief that we could yeah. not just win this game but dominate it. Yeah, DB's just got to make some plays. Obviously, we're asking a lot right now as I'm saying this, but our defense has looked solid. We looked fantastic against Notre Dame, who I mean they've been up and down all season. They just ended up dominating USC this past weekend. USC taking their first loss of the season, but we'll get to that more in a second. <laughs> But to the other side for the Buckeyes, I mean, do you know if we're healthy all around? I know we've been dealing with RB injuries the last couple of weeks. It was the Dallin Hayden show last week, and he looked fantastic to go along with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's It's almost as if, like, Kyle McCord's finally starting to realize, like, okay, if I just force-feed Marvin Harrison Jr., life might get a little easier for me. Yeah. But health-wise, how are we looking? Because I know Emeka, him too, he's been banged up. I mean, I saw Ryan Day said something that Igbuka is hopeful and – Henderson is hopeful, and he thinks they're both going to play. So even with that the case, you and I both agree that we still think Dallin Hayden should be getting the touches. And the only reason that – Maybe not all the touches. but Or I not all the touches. He needs he to should see be, the field. He should, be, he should be getting on the field. He hasn't even thing. been seeing the field. He just needs to get on the field some more. Yeah. Because – I mean, I love Chip Trainum. I think Travion Henderson's good. Um, Myon Williams fell off a little bit. That's kind of surprised me. Yeah, throughout. he's kind of strictly become like our inside the 10 back. Yeah. Yeah, not even though. Like back. against Penn State, when final play of the game, we had Chip Trainum out there against Notre Dame. Yeah, one yard run. I mean, it's crazy. I thought he was going to be like our best back this year. I mean, I don't know. I was always expecting Travion to continue as the main guy, but we got a lot of talent in the backfield, and so does Penn State. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see who makes more mistakes than the other team because I think the team that plays you know, fundamental football without any penalties, without turning over the football, I think they'll have a better chance of winning. Yeah. Which it's going to be huge because you got a young quarterback in Drew Aller, first year officially being the full-time quarterback, and then you got Kyle McCord who 
I mean, granted, he does have a big win under his belt against Notre Dame, but he's still got a lot of pressure hanging on his shoulders. It'll be very interesting to see who comes out on top on that one. But when we're talking about game picks, we got to go with the Buckeyes. How can we not go with the Buckeyes? I mean, are you kidding me? You should be going with the Buckeyes. Yeah, that's right. Even if you're not an Ohio State fan, (laughs) we're winning that game. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Like people, people are talking about all like it's Penn State, but you don't think Penn State fans are nervous for their team to go play at Ohio State this weekend? I think think they should be extremely nervous. They're nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. I'm not saying they shouldn't. With their bummy coach, James Franklin. (laughs) James Franklin is not a bummy coach. He's a bad coach. He's not a bad coach. He can't win big games. May not be the best recruiter. I mean, go look at. I know they've beaten us one time in ten years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. But their program's nothing what Ohio State is. It was. Come on. When? Uh, Paterno. Before all that fucking pedophilia stuff. Yeah, but you... They were good. They were good, but they weren't... I guess that was... That could have been... I guess that was around the time where we were still working our way into one of those top in the... And there's... I mean, it took them years to come back from that. You got to think about how many penalties they were given by the NCAA. To bounce back as fast as they did was really impressive, actually. It's a good point. They got recruiting, yeah, by, like, banned. They got... How long ago was that, though? I feel like I was 10 like years for, old when that was going on. Yeah, probably. And I'm 21. We were probably younger, dude. It was probably yeah. 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy, because I remember it like it was yesterday, but... They bounced back. They did. It they're, takes... Program. They're not going to bounce back tomorrow? No, they're going to... Saturday. Saturday? Gosh, <laughs> my days are all over the place. Yeah, must be tired. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day, but... I think we're going to get it done. Yeah, hopefully. I got to be up at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday uh, just to just to make a little bit of money before the game. So I might have to pregame a little bit into, you know, at the end of my shift. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I told Callie <laughs> I wanted to be at your house at 8 a.m. And she thought I was crazy. That's that's good. It's the biggest game that's of the year. It's pretty normal. It's the biggest game of the year. We woke up at like 7 a.m. for the Michigan game last year. We woke up at like 6.30. Yeah, we really did. Yeah, I regretted it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. It was. It was, it was awful. I, was, I was at the bar drinking mimosas at seven a.m. <laughs> felt terrible, <laughs> but but uh, besides that point, I mean, there's a couple other big games that we kind of got to talk about in college football before we get to the pros. As you know, these top teams in the country, the undefeateds are dwindling, and it seems like we got to expect more to come each and every week, even if it's not expected. We got to talk about it, and we got to maybe predict it. Is I'm curious about a few, but we got to talk about a couple big games. As the first one coming to mind is 16 Duke traveling to Florida State to take on Jordan Travis and company. Jordan Travis and Florida State, fourth in the nation right now, um, behind Bama, um, Michigan, Ohio State, and I want to say Oklahoma. I'm not mistaken. No, they are four. Oklahoma's five. Florida State is at a 13 and a half point favorite at home right now. Mm. You think Duke has any chance to give yeah, him a absolutely? Because I do know Riley Leonard has been dealing with some injuries recently. I don't know if he's playing this weekend though. If he's not playing, Duke loses. <laughs> but I mean, I saw Duke play Clemson, and I saw Florida State play Clemson, and Duke played Clemson a lot better than Florida State did. Yeah, I I think if you're gonna pick a game that Florida State could get upset the rest of the season, this is probably it. Right. I don't play anyone else very good, so it's huge if Riley Leonard doesn't play. As you look at the backup quarterback for Duke, his box score stats for last week against NC State in a game which they won twenty-four to three, he was 
Four for 12 for 107 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. You want to hear their running back stats? Yeah, they're unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear it. Their their best running back, I'm not even going to say all of them, their best running back has nine touchdowns already on the season. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only dude that scores for them. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's had a touchdown every game. Yeah, and and he's probably going to get two more on Saturday. Yeah. So it's really going to – and Florida State's defense, I mean, as they're not one of the worst in the league – it's going to be a team that Duke can run the football on. You want to know why Florida State's a joke? It's a top 20 matchup, and there are tickets available for $55. That's ridiculous. That's why you're calling their football team a joke? Because they can't sell tickets? No, their fans are a joke. That's unreal. Okay, yeah. That's, That's a- Florida State. I don't know where they're located, but they're probably more worried about I don't know, know why you'd want to go play football there. You got tickets for Penn State, Ohio State at 400 this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now. We're, we're Columbus. We live, breed, sweat football. So, Ohio State football. Florida State's a huge football program. Huge. We're talking about the fans. I thought we were talking about the fans. We are, but... Now we're talking about the program? <laughs> I think they correlate very tightly together. But I don't know. Florida State, man. If there's something, something seems fishy. $55. If there's something I'm interested in, go check out the Tennessee Bama tickets for this weekend because that's another game we need to talk about. <laughs> Seventeen Tennessee, eleven Bama. Bama. They're going to be expensive. Eleven or Bama is an eight and a half point favorite going into this week. It's a must win game for Alabama as they still want to try and compete to make it to their conference championship game to possibly compete to make the playoffs. Still, yeah, top row, you know, top row, top deck. $205. That's how it should be. 14 in the nation to Utah. Eight, uh, going to travel to Southern California. Take on 18 in the nation USC. USC is a seven-point favorite in that game. Over-unders at 56. But I was not impressed at all with that performance out of USC. I mean, I think that performance alone out of Caleb's Will- out of Caleb Williams last week took him out of the Heisman. Yeah. I don't think he won the Heisman this you year because of this performance against a, Notre Dame. one week and win the Heisman. Yeah, I mean... It's just can't lose by thirty and win the Heisman, let alone throw three picks. Yeah, I mean they got killed. So they're not making the playoffs. I don't care who they beat; they're not making the playoffs. That loss was too bad. No, they're out. Washington's going to make the playoffs. Washington or Oregon. <laughs> Oregon lost. They have to replay each other. Yeah, I think they're going to end up replaying each other that because all game. those teams will be playing each other in these next four to five weeks. That was the best Pac-12 game I've watched. In it was a phenomenal game. A while. And if it wasn't for that missed field goal at the end of the game, who knows? I, I thought Oregon was going to end up pulling it out. I thought they should have won, but... I mean, but just... Washington you know, played great. At the end of the game, watching My- Michael Penix Jr. you know, spit bars on the sideline, talking about how he's going to drive down and score a touchdown, and he went and does just that, doesn't waste no time, while he's puts hurt. trust in his defense while he's injured. Yeah. Michael yeah. Penix Jr., is a is the real deal. He proved that against Oregon yeah. last week. I've always liked him. In that thirty six to thirty three victory. Yeah. No, that's a great win. I had Oregon in that game, but it was close. It was. It was. It could have gone either close. way. It could have gone either way. And while yes, I did have Washington, I was saying I'm gonna take Washington, but it doesn't mean I don't think Oregon still makes playoffs. Because Oregon we saw it. Oregon looked like the better team most of that game, in my opinion. They really did. But Michael Penix Jr. Playoffs are just he so tough. He if, or, if, if Oregon comes back and beats Washington and they both have one loss, what's stopping them from putting the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game in the playoff again, assuming they're both undefeated? You know? Just yeah. like last year. 
I mean, well, that you know, that it's all almost state, for sure like, that uh, that's going to happen. You know, that all state like playoff predictor. Uh huh. It's I did terrible. A, I did a high state going undefeated, losing to Michigan, doesn't make it to the Big Ten championship. Fifty percent chance to make the playoffs still. Yeah, it's crazy. It's because they love the Big Ten. They love. Well, can you imagine if they match Ohio State and Michigan up in the playoffs? Well, that's what they should have done last <laughs> year, and you know they're not going to do it. They could. They if they, they had could. the perfect opportunity to do it last year, but they could with easily a, do I it. I understand this year. an unbeaten TCU team, but you they haven't how, really proven much. You want to know how they do it this year? Michigan beats Ohio Please State. Let me know. Oh, that's not what I want to hear. Well, I'm just saying. Fine, make it vice versa. Okay. Ohio like State that. beats Michigan. They put Ohio State at number one because yep. we've beaten three top ten teams. Yeah. They put Michigan at four, yep. and then we play first round. Well, the only thing that could get in our way with that is if they've if Georgia runs the table, still wins it all, they just keep them at one all season, which wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, as much as I'm not a fan yeah. of Carson Beck, his stats are good. Yeah. He throws the he throws the shit out of the ball. But they And then you got an Oklahoma team who most likely is gonna run the table by the end of the season, be undefeated. They're a lock into the playoffs, but they're behind us now. If we run the table as well, we should definitely still be ahead of them. And then you got a Florida State team you got to worry about. You, if Washington remains undefeated all season, they're in. Then they're, they're definitely in. I, yeah. I think they have a, a say in possibly being the one seed at the end of the year. I don't know. I think Georgia's super overrated. But if what I – I brought it up last week on this podcast. I said I thought Washington was going to win, but if both of these teams win out, they both end up beating USC, they match up in the Pac-12 championship, and the team who wins in the Pac-12 championship that lost this past Saturday wins and they split, how can you not put them both in when the Pac-12 is looking like a – I mean, not a, USC got dominated, but the conference looks good in my opinion, and it's looking like one of the better – conferences in all of college football this season i think they have i think it's a good good think, chance they end up putting yeah. both of those teams in i i don't see two pac 12 teams making it see one or zero <laughs> so if what i say let's say oregon and washington meet again later in the season and oregon wins mm-hmm. are you leaving them both out oklahoma runs the table we got a big 10 champ i think you put oregon in but you can't put both those teams in so you're probably putting in the Pac-12 champ? Yeah, Pac-12 champ, Big Ten champ, SEC champ, and then Florida State or Oklahoma. So because Oregon still runs the table after this loss. Assuming they, they put a Pac-12 Washington. team in. Yeah. Because Oregon can lose another game and still beat Washington, and now they're stuck with a two-loss champion. Yeah, that's the case. Because, you know, looking at the rest of their schedule, the teams that they play that are ranked, I mean, it was Washington State last week. They're no longer ranked. They're playing Utah. And then... They got USC uh, second to last week of the season. So that I mean, I think it's still wide open for that division. While Washington, they got a couple chump change games these next couple weeks, and then they got traveling to USC, which I think could end up being a, a trap game. And then they got Utah, Oregon State, who looks good, honestly, and then Washington State as well. So, I mean, there's going to be a couple tough games for both of these teams to finish out the season, but... It's just who's to say with how crazy college yeah. football always is what ends up happening. Yeah. Who are you taking in that Tennessee-Bama game? Bama. Yeah. Okay, I'm right there with you. I'm right. Tennessee there didn't you. look great last week, and Jalen Milrow is only getting better yeah. at this and point. And I think Joe Milton's – is it fair Overrated? to say? I think he's – Huh? Overrated? Yeah. 
I think he's overrated. People thought he was God coming into the season. Well, I thought I knew he's been overrated. I mean, I saw yeah, him at Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Beat him by 40. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I'm rocking Bama. I think Bama fights for their damn life to make the playoffs this year because I still think they're going to end up getting a chance come championship time if they run the table. And then Utah USC, who are you taking this week? I think USC will probably bounce back against a really bad defense. Caleb Williams will play a great game. Sure, they'll get it done. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right prediction. there with you. I like arguing with you, but I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm looking and, at sorry, I'm go ahead. looking at Georgia. They just don't they don't play anybody good. I mean, they have their November schedule's tough. They have to play Missouri, who's honestly right now the second best team in the SEC West at six and one. Then they have to play Ole Miss. Both those games are at home. And they have to go to Tennessee, which I think they win. But they struggled against a really bad Vanderbilt team last weekend. I wouldn't say they struggled. They got out slow. I think that. they got out slow. But once they got rolling, because, I mean, when you look at the box score, and I mean, because I didn't see the end of that game, you know, Vanderbilt put in thir- 13 of their 20 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But like, they, I understand they took the lead, went up 7 0. But, you know, I think. I mean, at one point, I think that game was 27 to 20. In the fourth, yeah, that shouldn't even be close. Vanderbilt's two and six. Yeah, they got it. Vanderbilt got it as close to uh, 27-14 on the first play of the fourth quarter, um, and then they got it back to ten with six minutes left. Georgia ended up closing out the game. Yeah, Vanderbilt almost lost to Hawaii week one. Like, come on, come on guys. Yeah, you got to win that game by fifty. If we're talking about a team that's never been tested yet this season, I mean, Georgia's the biggest one out of them all. I don't care what you say. Michigan's worse. It's a crazy play. No, I think, I think Georgia's worse. I mean, at least Georgia's played a ranked team. Yeah, but... Who the hell has Michigan played? Minnesota? opponents. <laughs> Rutgers? And yet they're listed as the one and two team in the nation. It's because they, they're winning, but I just... Yeah, they can't affect, they can't affect their schedule. I, I just don't... I don't they just don't like to change the rankings of those teams unless someone loses. That's what I figured out. Like teams that you just now figured that out. Well, teams like Ohio State that won a big game against you know a top ten team at the time on the road don't get rewarded Here's, by the AP pool at least. Yeah. Here's um something that I have noticed over the year because I agree with you your take like normally. Yeah. But like before USC took that loss last week to Notre Dame, they they were undefeated. Yeah, but they've been consistently falling in the rankings. I always thought that was a little weird, and that's kind of where I was thinking. Well, you know, Vegas has a spread kind of small. Um, they've been falling in the rankings. Um, Notre Dame is looking due for a W, like, but they just kept falling in the rankings. And early on in the season, we're like USC could be the best team in the nation. Yeah, maybe they know something. So I mean, well, they <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is they showed it right there. Like that's a good example. Um, for the AP poll that, you know, even though they're winning, they have the biggest name in football and Caleb Williams, and yet they still weren't afraid to keep bumping them down in the rankings and ended up proven right um, because they lost to Notre Dame. And, you know, who knows what goes on from, from here with them, but credit to them, I guess. I don't know. USC is now 18th in the nation. I never thought I'd see him hit that spot, but here we are. Before we get into the NFL, I'm very curious because I still – there's got to be an upset. There's, uh, there's an upset every weekend. It's always going to happen. It's just where's it going to come from. I ended up picking four games as I'm very curious, and I think that it possibly could come from one of these games, and I'm curious if you think 
it could happen as well. And the first one that's on my mind is big rivalry up north with uh, Michigan traveling to Michigan State to take on the Spartans. Michigan's a 24-and-a-half-point home underdog. Any chance any magic happens, like way back when? Or is that something of the past? No, Michigan State is so bad. <laughs> rivalry Michigan, game, though. I don't think it matters. This, I mean, this Michigan State team just fired their coach. Two and four. <laughs> like, their season's over. Yeah. They're not winning that game. Yeah, that Mel Tucker situation was definitely one that we should probably keep off air. And if you're interested in, you should probably look it up yourself. Yeah. But that is pretty crazy. But if there is ever one game for a program to rally together to try and spoil a season, it'd be the game against Michigan. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some uh, you know, hoopla in the first half um, of Michigan State giving them a little bit of a scare. but And maybe sprinkling Michigan State spread. But, yeah, I don't know. How about Arizona State against Washington? Or Arizona State has one win on the year. Am I crazy for even thinking about that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Washington State, Oregon. Washington State's coming off a tough loss. Oregon's coming off a tough loss. Oregon probably bounces back, but any chance? 20-point spread. Oregon wins that game again. <laughs> How about Texas-Houston? Texas traveling to Houston. Houston, a 23-and-a-half-point dog. I think Texas probably... You don't see any upset there? <laughs> no with, upsets? Not with those games. What about UCF against Oklahoma? Maybe they give him a scare in like the first half, but it's gonna come from somewhere. I'm shocked you didn't say like Tennessee Bama or something. Well, because I that's a you don't think that's like an upset. That's a major game. Yeah. Two ranked teams. That's but fair. but no, I I mean, I, mean, I think if I thought Duke, Tennessee State could is, pull off the upset, I'd take it. I think Duke Florida State is the biggest upset radar. Biggest one to look watch. for. Yeah, but. Then again, like we were saying, it's going to come down to if Riley Leonard is available or not. Yeah. And even then, is he even 100%? I mean, I don't know if it matters. They're scoring their touchdowns on the on the ground anyway, so. No, Riley <laughs> Leonard was getting his. He has three touchdowns on the year. I understand they've been getting all their touchdowns from rushing, but how many yards a game was he averaging? I mean, he only has 900 passing yards on the year. They've played six games. It's like 150, isn't it? He's averaging uh, 182 yards a game. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. No, I still think they need him. <laughs> yeah, they definitely He yeah. runs the ball very well. He creates plays. Yeah. No, they need him. Yeah. The ground game has to be working against Forrest. And it's State. not going to be working if he's not playing. I agree. It won't be because they'll, be, they'll, they'll throw seven or eight in the box. Yeah. Make they'll that, make that make young that guy th- Yeah, make yeah. that bum throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Bielen, the fourth. Crab, if I'm saying it wrong, come and correct me. I don't care. <laughs> we got to move on to the pros because, like yeah, I, I said in last week's podcast, I mean, there's three guarantees in life, and one of them is injuries in sport. It doesn't stop, as I now have only one running back, one healthy running back on my fantasy ro- roster and Brian Robinson Jr. The rest of them are on the IR. Kyron Williams is headed for the IR. Don't really know what to do. <laughs> Sorry, just had to get that out. Who's, there. Uh, but <laughs> I read something. Go pick up um, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason? No. Backup. C Max no. out. Just no. a one week. They got get. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell hasn't been playing. He'll be back. He'll be the main guy. We'll see. And he's already been picked up. 
Okay. <laughs> so he's not he's not getting on my team, but I appreciate you trying to help me out. And as much as I want to be upset about all the injuries going on around the league, I think the biggest news of them all is that there are now zero undefeated teams remaining in the NFL as we had a couple major upsets this past weekend, with the first one being the 49ers missing a game-winning field goal to lose to the P.J. Walker and the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. And then as well as, you know, how about them New York Jets at home, Beating the Philadelphia Eagles 20-14. to 14. How many interceptions did Jalen Hurts throw? Did he throw three interceptions? Yeah, I think so. He had a terrible game. Props to the Jets' defense. Yeah. And that leads me to my first question. Like, can the Jets still make the playoffs this season? No. You don't think so? No. Because with the way the AFC has been looking in the NFL, I have not been impressed with anybody. This season, outside think, of the Miami Dolphins, I think teams are coming up. They're not going to win their division, and I don't think they're going to have a good enough record to make a wild card spot. Is that all you got? Yeah, because I think because you got to assume two teams from the AFC North make it. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah, the Browns just beat the Niners. I without Nick Chubb or Deshaun Watson. I understand. I mean, the Browns. Does that are, mean the Browns are going to go and win twelve games this season now? The Browns could go win nine, and I think they they win nine. They have a better record than the Jets. I think the Jets could tally in nine wins. I think the Ravens are going to win ten plus games. I think the Bengals are still going to win ten plus games. Are we going to have to get into this right now? <laughs> because I've been looking at the AFC North. Yeah, and they've been banging each other up. Yeah, Steelers are the one team that have yet to lose to an AFC North foe. Who they play? Browns? They've beaten the Browns and they've beaten the Ravens. Good shit. Yeah. Proud, and, um, proud of those boys. Yeah, your your boys, um, and, Cincinnati Bengals. Oh and two. Oh and two in the AFC North. Even though I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now, I'm not just gonna save it for later in the podcast. I still think the Bengals win the division. I agree. Um I think they've been looking better and better each week. Um defensively, I'd say last week their defense looks fantastic. Great, yeah. They looked fantastic. Yeah, they're... Um, and Taylor while they, the real were, they weren't perfect on the offensive end, in the first half they looked very good. Um, they, look, they, I, they were damn near close to perfect in that first quarter. Yeah. Those first were. two drives from Joe Burrow were... They looked unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know what happened after and that. And when we, when we talk about all the offenses going on in the AFC North, I mean, I think it's without question that the Bengals have the best offense in their division. Even here, with their mid-play. From here on out, yes. Event. From I, here on out. Even with their shitty performances two of the first three weeks in the season, yeah. I would still say they have the best offense in the division. Yeah, I mean, I think we got that bye week. We're going to yeah. come back 100%. Have to go to San Francisco. Really tough game, but, you know, I always believe in the boys. Yeah, I don't blame I mean, when you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I don't know. He's kind of he, he needs to mid. pick it up. He, he needs to mid. pick it up. I agree. And that's something that's really been surprising me. But you know, as a Jamar Chase fantasy owner, I mean, if you got to force feed Jamar to win games, got to do what you got to do. You know, yeah. we got to figure out our run game. Um, and some real I shit. I agree. Fifty rushing yards last week is not going to cut it. But another thing that is very unimpressive to me: Buffalo Bills were handing the New York Giants a victory. Yeah, last Sunday night. Or night. Sunday night. Should have been holding day. in the end zone. It should have been another holding in the end zone. The referees didn't want to make two straight PI calls. Bills end up surviving. But if it weren't for the Giants 
like it was a handful of things. The refs were on the Bills' side the other night. The Giants killed themselves by not getting points at the end of the first half. Yeah, running the ball on the goal line with no timeouts. Idiots. You could have had two or three shots in the end zone. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, they got screwed over at the end of the game. But, I mean, granted, Daniel Jones got injured, wasn't playing. It was a Tyrod Taylor show. He didn't really look that good, in my opinion. Their offense did not look that good. It seemed like no one wanted to win that game. But they won, <laughs> but they won the turnover battle. Josh Allen was acting a little bit like Josh Allen on Sunday night. I saw something funny and says Josh Allen's biggest downfall is that he plays as like plays as good as the team he's playing is. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's the worst downfall, then so be it. It's not good. I've seen worse. Okay, no, no, that's not good. But if he plays up to the level of his competition, come the end of the season, he's gonna be balling every night out. Yeah, you're because right. you're consistently going up against top talent. Yeah. And I think he's been extremely impressive in the playoffs these last couple of years. I know they haven't done a ton, but you know, the team around him has been incredible, like injured all over the place. They've faced incredible teams, you know, in the chiefs and the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was going to say before that Sunday night game, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the bills would make a super bowl this year Yeah. after that win against the dolphins. But when you play like that, it's just like, you know, it just shows that you have it in you to make those bad plays in those big moments. And if you want to if you want to be a team that's not just contending but hoping to win it all, you can't have that type of play. And until we see that leave out of Josh Allen in my opinion, I mean, as good as I think he is, I don't think they'll ever get a chance to win the Super Bowl. He can't play mistake free. No. And the AFC, I mean, I know you just said earlier that they weren't as good as you were hoping they'd be this year, but I think there's just too many good teams in the AFC for the Bills to. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because, I mean, you got to face Patrick Mahomes year in and year out. You got to face, you know, Bengals are always going to give you a dogfight. It's been seeming like you guys have owned them. The Bills? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we've only played a couple times. We've played twice. One game didn't end. I think we would have won that game, but. It was looking like, it was looking good early. (laughs) Yeah. It was looking great early. Yeah. Yeah. Made a couple hundred off that game. The and, first, the first five minutes, and now you got a team in the Miami Dolphins who's only getting better and better with a young quarterback who's only getting better and better. Yeah, I understand you got some RB injuries right now, but you got plenty of depth in that yeah. spot, and you're only getting guys back. Did you hear they're designating uh, Jalen Ramsey to come back? It's good. He's going to be back at practice this week. It's awesome, and so he'll be back playing in the next few weeks, most likely, to go along with. A couple other names, honestly. Kyler Murray is a player who's designated to return. And when they asked rookie head coach Jonathan Gannon, um, who I have not been the biggest fan of so far this season, he said Kyler Murray's a full go in practice this week. He said he's going to be practicing 100%. Now, I don't know if that means he'll be returning this week or if he'll be returning in the next couple weeks. He's off the IR. He's got a 21-day window to return. We're expecting Kyler Murray back for that team, which a team that has been – struggling to find a way to keep getting wins as decent as they as they've looked. James Conner's on the IR. They're getting Kyler Murray back to go along with Buda Baker, a huge piece for their defense. Who knows what to expect outside of that maybe the Cardinals won't get the number 1 pick after all next season. They're not getting on, they're not getting the number 1 pick. Well, I mean they have the picks. But the 
Panthers have the worst. Look. Yeah, no, yeah, but they're not. I don't even. I think once Kyler Murray comes back and he starts playing games, I think they start winning games. Yeah, no, they're not. So getting, that's what I'm saying. They're not getting Caleb. Yeah, I think they might get. I think they might start falling out of that race because they only have one win so far. I think the right right now they're in the mix. The Bears might be like a lock. <laughs> like, <laughs> just because be. no, just because the Panthers being yeah, as no, bad I as understand. they are. Yeah. We talked about that plenty. And with the Bears but, being as bad as they are, they could get the number one pick just loot like just being themselves. Yeah. Honestly, and, and it, it doesn't help that, uh, you know, our boy Justin Fields dislocated his right thumb, not expected to play this week. Nope. It's his throwing hand, so we don't know how serious it's going to be for him, but we know he's not going to be able to throw as well as he normally does. He should be back after this week. He should be fine you after think this so? week, yeah. Yeah. If he, didn't tear, just, if he didn't tear anything in his thumb, he's fine. And that, I mean, that's honestly just the beginning of a boatload of more injuries that happened this week. I mean, you brought it before the podcast. Lane Johnson, just one of the few guys that got injured for the Philadelphia Eagles. Big loss for their offensive Huge. line. Um, Anthony Richardson, got to bring it up. He didn't get injured last week, but he's officially having season-ending surgery on his grade three AC joint sprain in the shoulder. <laughs> Had to have that perfect. Had it on my sheet here. Yeah. Rookie done for the year. Looks fantastic. Now we got to wait another season to see just how good he is, see if he can do it long term. Um, I already brought it up. Kyron Williams, um, ankle sprain. He'll be out at least a couple weeks. I think that's a big loss for the Rams, as they've now been they've picked up three guys to their added roster, as in Miles Gaskin, Darrell Henderson, and Royce Freeman, to go along with their third string running back already on their roster, Zach Evans, who's a very young running back. So who knows what to expect with their backfield? But that's a huge piece, as you should watch out for Matthew Stafford and see how he gets affected. Um, CMC, even though he should be fine, he suffered an oblique and a rib injury. Debo Samuel suffered a shoulder injury. Left tackle for the 49ers, Trent Williams, suffered an ankle injury. Head coach um, Kyle Shanahan said all three have a good chance of playing this week as they got the Minnesota Vikings on the road on Monday night. Deshaun Watson, you know, he's been out the last couple weeks. They said his rotator cuff injury is something that may keep him away from being 100% the rest of the season. Now is we that think a throwing shoulder? we think he's going to play through it. Um, I believe so, but we will have to clarify that. It's Deshaun Watson's throwing shoulder. So and he wants to play through that. Dude, this article is an hour ago, and he didn't practice today again. They were saying he's got a chance to play this week, though. Yeah, no, he's. This is an hour ago. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson still out with right shoulder injury. Can't put timeline on return to field. Wow. That's huge news. It says two to six weeks. And I'm sorry. I understand that the Browns got a done when he comes back, he still might not be healthy. They said he has a micro tear. Yeah. He's not going to be healthy the rest of the season. No. Jeez. (laughs) It's tough for those boys. It really is. And I understand they won the game with P.J. Walker last week against 49ers. Those are defense. It, yeah, because they got one of, of the best, best damn in the defense league. in the NFL. One of them. I wouldn't say I the think best. it is the best. Dude. You think it's the best in the league? I mean, based on stats. Based on stats, the best de- defense in the past 50 years. <laughs> you see that? 50 years. Oh, this, season, this yeah. season's team. Through yeah, week I did five, see that. Through five I did weeks see that. this year, they had allowed less than 1,000 yards. Yeah. And no it's one's, the best in yeah, no like one's 53 years. years or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it should be interesting for those boys. Um, but you know what? That's just better for the Bengals, honestly, and the rest of the AFC North. Because 
as much as I as much as I say I don't have a team, I also want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers succeed because man, oh man, they're leading the division right now. Or not technically because they had a bye week last week, but they were leading the division before their bye week. Sitting at three and two after all that hate. They got a pretty good defense themselves. Yeah, they're pretty good. Like, that leads me to think, you know, like anyone in the AFC North can make the playoffs. Yeah. Anyone. I mean, I think the Steelers are going to go from first to worst pretty quickly here in the next few weeks. That's my prediction. Not a big fan of that prediction. No. Not I, I think they're the worst team in the division by far. I just think, you know, I say it time and time again. Mike Tomlin and his staff and company over over in Pittsburgh, the Steelers, have had a winning record for every season for the past fifteen years. Did they not go eight and nine last year? Were they nine and eight? Nine and eight. Still finished worst in the division. But what I <laughs> I don't think that happens. No? Especially if that Deshaun stuff is true. If he doesn't play. It doesn't matter. They're winning games without him. All they need is their defense, dude. Games. That's all they need. They're not going to continue to win games. All they need I is... I think it was a fluke. I think it was a fluke. I don't know. Maybe you disagree. I mean... They, Already without Nick Chubb. They beat the best team in the NFL with. I understand. Without their two best players. I understand. Well, the Niners had two of their best players out as well. But that doesn't matter. You can't. Those, doesn't matter. Those, those guys got hurt during the game. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying, if you think the Browns are going to keep winning with P.J. Walker and Jerome Ford, I think you're crazy. Seriously. I, I do. Dude, their defense is unbelievable. It is. It is. Their offense isn't going to get it done for them. I'd, I don't know if it I'd matters. make a wager with you. What, what, what do you want your wager to be? You, you think the Steelers are going to finish with a better record than the Browns? I would wager that the Browns will make the playoffs, that the Browns finish with no more than nine wins. I'd even argue and say they nine finish wins under 500. Is a good season. Yeah, but you're acting like they can win. They're going to win. I think they're going to win 10 games, nine, 10 games. I don't think they end up winning 10 games. Like they are beating you teams. Money on that? They are beating teams with no Would offense. You put money on that? 10 games? Yeah. I have to look at the rest of their schedule. We're looking at it right now. Rest of the season at Colts, at W. <laughs> at the Seahawks. Mm, that's probably a loss just because the Bengals beat them. I don't think the Browns are good enough. Versus the Cardinals. W. At Baltimore. Mm. It's an L. Maybe. I'm giving them an L right now. Okay, two and two. Um, as they got scraped 28 to three just a few weeks ago. Um, then they're home against Pittsburgh. Mm, w. They're not losing twice. I'm okay, I'm okay with giving them a W there. <laughs> three and they two. lost to Pittsburgh earlier in the season. They did. And I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh won that game, too. And then they got on the road at Denver. W. Four and, four and two. At LA, Rams. W. Nah, I think that's a loss. Maybe. We'll see. That's a loss. All right. Uh, home against Jacksonville. Loss. Home against the Bears. W. At Texans. W. I think that's a loss. I think. Miles Garrett put C.J. Stroud in the grass eight <laughs> times that game because of how bad their offensive line is. All right. We're giving them a W for you. <laughs> and then they finish with the Jets and the Bengals. They beat the Jets and they lose to us. I think they lose the Jets and I think they lose the Bengals. That's ridiculous. 
Why is that ridiculous? Have you seen the Jets defense? Did you see who they just beat? Yeah, I don't. I think the Eagles are vastly overrated, though. 49ers, I did not think were overrated going into that game. The Eagles have looked suspect all year long, despite the Are you record. Taking Jalen Hurts, or Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. So who's right more, now? Yeah. Brock who's Purdy. more impressive? The Jets win over Jalen Hurts, or the Browns win over Brock Purdy? The Browns win, hundred percent. I think the Jets win is a little more impressive. I really do. But that's just me. So I gave you a couple wins. I'm not gonna lie. And then I took the Jets win, second to last week of the season. And you took another win. Against the Bengals? You think they no, beat your no, boys no, no, in the no. season? You took another one earlier and you said, I think it's a loss. Okay, yeah, because. Was, who was it? It was Because the, we have them beating Indianapolis. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Losing to Seattle. Yeah. I agree with that. Beating yeah. Arizona. Yeah. I'm okay with that, even though I still think they could lose. And then losing to Baltimore. I agree with that. Beating Pittsburgh. I think they could lose that. And then we have them beating Denver. Um, is it the oh, law? It was the, the Rams. Rams game. I think they lose the Rams. They, I think they beat the Rams. But it cancels it out because if we're <laughs> splitting our picks, which I think one it's did a I guess? You got the uh, uh, Seattle or the uh, I think they're Pittsburgh lose. game. They're not losing to Pittsburgh twice. I think dude. they're losing to Pittsburgh twice. Not Kenny Pickett. I think they're losing to Pittsburgh twice. Not at home. They're not losing at home to Pittsburgh. We've been seeing them struggle. Give me Pittsburgh and how many wins is that? Because this is me versus you. Then it's nine and eight. With Pittsburgh and LA, not with LA. With or LA, with, with, with LA, the picks it's 10 we wins. have now here, <laughs> with the picks we have now, a W against Indianapolis, a loss to Seattle, a win against Arizona, a loss to Baltimore, a win against Pittsburgh and Denver, and then a loss to the Rams and Jacksonville, a win to the Bears. You're getting a win at Houston against the Texans, and then a loss to the Jets and a loss to the Bengals at the end of the year. That would end up at eight and nine. What's the record? Or nine. What's that would end them right at now? nine and eight. What's oh, the record right now? That would end them at nine and eight. I'm What's sorry. The right They're now? three and two. I just counted eight wins. So I think they can win 11 games. I think that's their max. So we're making this wager 10 games. Yeah, I'll give you like five dollars. I don't like the Browns, so I'm not going to put a lot All right, five dollars. All right, five dollars. 10 wins. So the Browns up tens the tens the push line. Are we doing that? No, if they win 10 games, I give five dollars. If they don't win 10 games, then. Okay, you get five I'll do dollars. it. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, glad we got that out of the way. Because <laughs> there was a couple more questions I wanted to ask you about. But <laughs> I know we got a little out of, a little off track, but it's know, all right. Things are important. <laughs> yeah. Most underwhelming team this season, if you had to pick one or two. I think there's a lot of options for this. Honestly, in my opinion, there are a ton of options. Most underwhelming. Yeah, I think I'm going to say the Bengals. Bengals, most underwhelming. <laughs> I, okay. I actually think so. And give you a reason why, so people know. Started 0-2. Got a, got a win to go to 1-2. Joe Burrows still didn't look healthy. I was pretty underwhelmed with that win. Come back, you know, thinking Joe Burrow, you know, healthy. He's good against the Titans. We get killed. 27-3. Yeah. And then, you know. Beat the Seahawks. Didn't look great in the second half. On offense, at least. Our defense looked good. But, you know, I can't say teams like the Panthers or the Bears or you know, because the everybody thought they were going to be bad to begin with. You know, I got two teams, and I'll say my uh, secondary team right now. I don't think it's a serious, and that'd be the Denver Broncos. There was a lot of expectations for them this season. Sean a lot of expectations for it's them to bounce one. back with Sean Payton. It's a really good one. Russell Wilson's been 
just as bad as he was last year. Yeah. I think it's as underwhelming as it gets. But a team that I think I put a little bit higher be just because I they have higher expectations in my eyes, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. And they got a fantastic team. I've I've always been a fan of Staley, but he just continues to make the wrong decision. Or every time he makes a gut decision or a gutsy play, you know, it never pays off for them. And it's just weird how it can never pay off for this Los Angeles Chargers team. And now they're sitting at two and three, um, coming off a tough loss at home against the Cowboys after their bye week. And they just the reason why I put the Chargers, the Chargers right above them is because they should be contenders. They should be contenders. But they've and played t- they've they've played a tough schedule. Have they though? I mean the Okay, they lost to Miami week one. And they just but then you lose the, to Tennessee. And they played the Cowboys last night in Dallas. I understand that's a tough game. But and that's that's what I was saying just a minute ago. They should have won if Brandon Staley wasn't so goddamn. Have garbage. we ever seen the Chargers win a big game? Like consistent more often times than not even? No, not no, really. No, never. Every time we see him play the Chiefs, I feel like they lose. Every time we see them play a big game, they lose. Every time we see them in the playoffs, they lose. Right. And this is a team that should be contending to me. I, I mean, yeah, I'm reaching a little bit, but to make the Super Bowl, they've had. They have a great roster. I'm they spend a boatload of money on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And I understand they lost Mike Williams week one early this season. Keenan Allen's still one of the best in the league, without a doubt, top 10. They got Justin Herbert, who's, in my opinion, a top five quarterback. You got Austin Eckler, who's. In my opinion, a top five running back in the league. Yeah, you got a crazy roster to go along. They just got Khalil Mack to go yeah, along with Joey, Mack, Bosa. Joey Bosa, Derwin James. This team should be so much better than they are. Don't they have a really good cornerback too? Do they have J.C. Jackson, or did he get traded? No, he. Uh, Who am I thinking? He of? got moved because of I think it was team issues, honestly. Yeah, probably, but yeah, he did end up getting traded. Um. I mean, you already brought up Derwin James. Uh, I believe you're talking about Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have great talent on their defense, too. I feel like they just can't – it has to be coaching, right? So, has to so be Staley. So that's where you got to you know, understand where I'm coming from when I say this team has been very underwhelming. Yeah. They got, they got some time to turn it around. They're only five games in as they had an early bye week in week five. Yes, they got a tough game coming up on Sunday at Kansas City. Going to get tested again. Chance to prove me wrong here. And then they got – it cools down a little bit. You're home against Chicago. You travel to New York, take on the Jets. Yes, it's a tough defense, but their offense isn't anything to be very scared about. And then, I mean, schedule's not too crazy rest of the season, but, I mean, they do face the Lions down the road in a month or so at home. You're going to get tested at home. Another home test. You're going up against the Ravens at home. Home test. Going up against the Bills at home. Home test. I know they're playing the Chiefs on the road next week, but that is honestly the last tough road game they're going to get all season. If they can't win this game, I will have no assurance of them to be successful come playoff time. None. Yeah, I agree. And now with that being said, let's turn it around to the opposite side. (laughs) Most impressive team this season. And yeah, you could go ahead and say the Dolphins all you want, but you know, when we're talking about expectations, yeah, they're at the top of my list as well. Lions. I mean, I get it. They were one of the higher favorites to win their division. But to actually – expectations and turning it into reality for a team like that is a completely different thing. And they're tied for the best record in the league. Tied I for mean. the best record in the league at 5-1. and one. No, their schedule hasn't been the most difficult in the league. But, yes, they did beat the Chiefs on the road week one. They did 
dominate last week against the Buccaneers, who I've been impressed with. You um, had winning. I did have. You want me to bring that up? I did have. Thought I forgot. I did. No, no, I'm not afraid to count my losses. I win as much as I lose. In fact, I put in a 13 team parlay last week. 11 to 13. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It was close. Where the Buccaneers one. It was close. Buccaneers was one of them. um, With the other one being the Niners missing the game winning field goal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. That game happened first. So with that one, I was like, wow. It was gut wrenching. I'm not going to lie. But. But without a doubt, I mean, the Lions deserve to be known as the most impressive team from start of the season to now compared to the rest of the teams in the league. I mean, Dan Campbell, he's candidate for coach of the year, along with D'Amico Ryans, in my opinion. Jared Goff has been looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the league with the way he's been slinging it. I mean, I believe he's still top five in the league in passing yards. He is fifth. But with Dave Montgomery getting hurt, um, during the game last week, it's going to be up to Jameer Gibbs, rookie running back, someone who they paid a lot of money towards this past spring. We got a chance to see if he may be the main guy for them, see what he can do. It'll be interesting to see how that Lions offense looks with him as the main guy because yeah. I'm expecting them to still use Craig Reynolds a little bit and not go full goal with Jameer Gibbs. But why not? You know, I mean, you I drafted like, him super high. Go ahead. I feel like they're worried about him being a full-time back because – he has more of a third down back build, in my opinion. You know, he's not. You don't think he's a three down back? I just, he's not your classic 6'1, 220 pound guy that can take hits over and over again. I feel like that's why they've been playing Dave Montgomery so much, is he's way more durable. If you put Jameer Gibbs in between the gaps, like, he could get killed. Yeah. Like that's what they're really worried about. I just never like saying anything like that, but I understand. And I feel like I see it with the Falcons too. How often do they run Bijan? Bijan does not. He doesn't get, get carries nearly enough carries in the gap. I think that's a. I think that's a little bit of a different situation though, because Dave Montgomery's been balling out. Yeah, he's been looking incredible. Algier, I think good. this is the best he's looked in his career. Algier looks great. Algier does look good, but I obviously don't think he looks as good as Bijan. No, but they still don't give him the ball enough. <laughs> And it's because they want to split and they don't want to overwork him. Yeah. Which I understand, but he deserves it, man. He's, yeah, tal- you he's play, talented. You got to play your stars. He's talented you gotta, enough. You he get, deserves it. Get those guys the ball. Yeah. I love Jameer Gibbs. Watching him week one. He looked good. It'll be really interesting to see how much they use him and how much they use Craig Reynolds as well as Jameer Gibbs, how much that split ends up being. Yeah. Another team, most impressive on my list, I was bringing it up earlier, Houston Texans. Sitting at 500 so far on the season. C.J. Stroud is top five in the league in passing yards as a rookie, throwing to some of the worst players in the league. Yeah. Damian Pierce some of the has worst, been... Some of the worst starters in the Some league. of the worst starters in the league. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Damian Pierce has been very underwhelming this season. Extremely. Their offensive line is so bad. It, it is very bad. It's so and bad. And that just shows how much more impressive CJ Stroud is. Dude. I'm very impressed with D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. CJ Stroud's crazy. CJ Stroud. He's crazy. I hope they keep it going because. Could you imagine? Like, dude, I think he's better than a lot of quarterbacks. And like, I'm not going to say him because you're going to give me some hate. You think I'm going to give you hate? I'm curious who you. I don't even want to say it, dude. Go ahead. Be, I think he's. I think he's. Don't don't be afraid, Ben. Don't I'm, be afraid. I'm here. afraid because this is really bold. Okay, let's hear it. But like, if C.J. Stroud played on the fucking Eagles, 
You think you'd be better than Jalen Hurts today? Yeah. Okay. That is that is it's it sounds crazy, but like the numbers don't make it crazy. Could you imagine CJ Stroud with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and all these goddamn guys that do it? Can't do the tush push near like Jalen can, I'll tell you that. No, maybe not. Can't squat six hundred. Maybe not, but he's not throwing three picks. Against the Jets. Okay. That was the first time he's done that in like a year. Uh, but I'm if just he's even done that saying, in his career. I'm just saying. Yeah, he had a bad game. But I'm that, just I'm, saying. I'm just saying. I think CJ is way more accurate I don't than hate most that. of the people in the league. I don't agree. <laughs> I think I think in a year or two, I think that can totally be the case. Yeah. I think he's good enough to be a guy like that in the league. I do. I just I do. He's looked incredible. Like if but, he was on some of these teams but, with some of these, I know. But to say receivers, to say that he could be better than Jalen Hurts today, because Jalen Hurts has been through a lot in his career already. He's oh, been yeah. he's been on a shitty Eagles team. He's watched. They've grown with him. Yeah, you know. 100%. He's he was a backup, became a starter. He had an incredible season last year. Took his team all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Granted, 49ers lost all three of their quarterbacks by the NFC Championship game. Yeah. But he took them to the Super Bowl. He's seen a lot of stuff. He knows what it takes to be successful. Hundred percent. He's Jaylen not. A, he's a great not a stat guy. He's. A I winner. was just using him as an example because it's a good example. I could use. It's a I, good example. I could use. I feel like I could use other guys too. Like I think. I think today better than Dak Prescott for sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know. Like I think CJ could be a top ten quarterback already. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. It's a good debate. I mean. Like I think him and Brock Purdy are, you know, very. I think he could arguably be better than Brock Purdy. And we were talking about that oh. last last week. How Brock Purdy's arguably he was on top the 10 quarterback. The way he could get the ball to those guys, dude. See, but this is where it's interesting, like, because you know we could do this talk, like CJ Stroud. Brock Kirk Purdy Cousins, looks great, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm Brock Purdy, C- Kirk Cousins, CJ Stroud, or Kirk Cousins. I'm taking CJ over Kirk Cousins. Like, I like, I think that's tough. Like, yeah, like, I I could see myself saying CJ Stroud, but I'd rather have the veteran, you know. Yeah, I get who's, what. Who's been there before? I mean, if I'm starting a team right now, I'm taking CJ. If I'm starting a team right now, without a doubt. Yeah, but that's just, I mean, he's a rookie. <laughs> And he already looks crazy. good. That's that we're having this debate. <laughs> and hopefully in a couple of years we're correct. And we're not just talking about how he might be one of these guys. He is one of these guys. And the Texans maybe become good again. They could. Since Deshaun Watson. They could. I mean, I'm still faithful that they're going to have a top 12 draft pick just because of how bad the rest of their team is. Well, yeah, but I don't believe they have a pick. They don't right now. Oh, they don't. Yeah, remember, because they traded for Will Anderson. Yeah. So they don't have a pick next year. Maybe and that's why this, they're trying to win all games. all the Deshaun stuff. Um, I'm assuming they're going to get a lot of guys through free agency. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to look at that for another they have week. To. I mean, Houston, but I don't want to say pay, it's They a, don't have a lot of guys they pay, if anybody. I don't think the Texans organization is like a super hot like place to go, but Houston is. Yeah. People love living in Houston. I mean, yeah. look at James Arden. Can't stay away. Missed his first practice to be in Houston. Hasn't even been practicing <laughs> to be in Houston. He's been to one practice throughout training camp. We're season started. Season starts a week from yesterday. And we're recording this on Wednesday. And he is not there. He's in Houston. He's in Houston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean so can't yeah, it can't be it, that bad. And I think they're gonna can't be that bad. People are gonna want to start playing for them because of CJ Stroud. Kind of yeah, like I agree. kind of like what we're seeing. Because well, when you have that franchise quarterback, yeah. Yeah, it draws 100%. free agent interest. You know, like we saw with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. you know, just all these guys that want to go play for the Chiefs or these guys that, you know. Just, I agree 100%. Yeah. Because people are going to see, oh, they need this superstar. Let me be that superstar for him. 
And like, I think we're going to see it on both all sides. All he ball. needs is like that star receiver. Like when Joe Burrow got Jamar and, you know, when Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs and took off. Like yeah. he just needs one of those guys. And, you know, Nico Collins been playing great, but he's not that guy. Tank Dell, <laughs> he should be coming back here shortly. He looked really good early in the year as a rookie as well. Yeah. He's good. I just don't, I don't see him as a wide receiver one in the NFL. I, I mean, I agree. I think he's a slot receiver. I think he could be a great slot receiver, one of the best in the league. But he's not someone you put at your ex. And, and I and I want to say, like, oh, maybe go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins, go out and get a Mike Evans. But those are older guys. You know, yeah. you want some young talent to grow yeah. with the young talent you already have, kind of like what the Bengals did. Granted, they drafted, but, you know, that could still happen in a couple years. Maybe they get that guy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough because they're not going to be losing that many games. Not that many. They're With him playing be, like this? No. Yeah, not as much as they're used to losing, yeah. I guess. Because they're not used to this. I called that W last week, no? Texans Saints? getting it done, yeah. Yeah, it's a great win. Yeah, not like good I for said, our parlay. Like I said, I was 11 out of 13 on yeah. my parlay. But the Bucks, Bucks lost too, so. Yeah. Not upset about it, but... uh. Yeah, I don't know how we started talking about CJ. It's because I said he was could be better than Jalen, but I don't know, but I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, I could talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> to uh wind down the episode, just mentioned it. We are from where we stand today, we're six days away from opening day from the NBA. When this podcast gets released, we're gonna be four days away from opening day. And we already got drama all over the league. Yeah, we've already had these crazy trades that have been going on the last week. But now you add on James Harden's not even at camp. He's not even at practice. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what goes on with the LA Clippers this year with all the load, new load management rules. But to start the season, I mean, the season will be underway when we do our podcast next week. Seas will be playing as we get off the pod next week. Yeah, you're going to have to get here a little earlier. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> but let's let's talk about opening day a little bit because as much as I want to talk about James Harden not showing up to practice, I think the Sixers are going to be fine no matter what. Yeah. They got too much talent. Yeah. They still got Tyrese Maxey. They still got Joel Embiid. They still got Tobias Harris. Um, I want to say they s- – I can't remember exactly the backup center that they got. Uh, here it is. They were able to get Mo Bamba, who I love as a backup center, honestly. I think he's just going to get better and better in this league. Yeah, being able to learn from a guy. Like they brought Joel in. Too. They brought in Patrick Beverly, who he's not my favorite player, but he's a winner. Causes problems. Causes problems. Celebrates a little too hard after playing wins. But, but he brings some <laughs> that team needed bad last year, especially in that Celtic series that I thought they were missing, and that was just like a hype man like that. You know. Yeah. I they agree. don't. They didn't have anybody like that to get that team. Like once their heads were down, they don't. They didn't have anybody to pick their heads back up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's on superstars right there. It I is. Mean, James Harden and Joel Embiid were supposed to carry out of the promised land. They were yeah. dominating all series. And then in game six and game seven, you go quiet, just forget how to run and pick a roll. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird things like that. Yeah. Like, at the same time, I still think my boys dominated and their offense was unbelievable in game seven. I think that was unstoppable. I don't think Philly was going to win no matter what. But. You know, the fact that it just looked like they just weren't going to what was working all series, it's like, do you even, it makes you question, like, do you even want to win? Yeah. But I mean, they fired their head coach. He's gone now. Yeah. Should be very interesting what goes on with there. But I wanted to talk about the opening day games because they did the East Coast a little dirty. 
playing two West Coast games on opening night. Lakers traveling to Denver to take on the Nuggets in a Western Conference Finals rematch. I like the Lakers. Yeah. Game, honestly. Just because from what I've normally seen the last like five plus years, defending champions never win on opening day. They're <laughs> way too focused about getting their rings, putting them on, flashing the bling, you know? Like, I get it. You know, just the adrenaline, yeah. the excitement to finally get your ring. But you're not as locked in as Lakers. Their season just ended to these Denver Nuggets not too long ago. They yeah. got swept. You, you don't, you're not telling me that they're not going to come out with a statement on Tuesday? I think AD comes out with a huge statement on Tuesday against Jokic and company. And, I mean, granted, it's just one game. It's going to be a long season ahead of us. But, you know, I was talking about losing Bruce Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown last week, you know, I didn't even mention it. They lost Bones Highland, too. Yeah, but he's been gone. Yeah, he has. They didn't have him for, like, the second half of their season last year. Yeah. So I think I I like what you're saying, and stats don't lie when it comes to, you know, championship teams on opening night. But there's – Jokic doesn't, like – It's the Joker. He doesn't care about the ring. He doesn't care that they won the chip, dude. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I think he cares. He cares. It's but just like, like he doesn't care as much as yeah. the normal. We've seen the clip of him sitting on champion. like the bench at practice and yeah. looking at his phone, scouting horses. Yeah. It's like, dude, like this isn't his life. Like he just Yeah, but it. he literally pulled up like two days before the first preseason game and he almost dropped like a triple double or something. Yeah. It was like 20, <laughs> 10 and 8. Like. Yeah. He's unbelievable. I mean, I think the Nuggets are going to be locked in. Yeah, no, they'll be fine. I'm Mike, just talking about opening night. Mike Malone you know? will have them locked in just because of the off-season, end-of-season yeah. beef with the Lakers. And what did he say? Called him their daddy or something. Yeah, he like, called the Lakers his – he said, I'm the Lakers' daddy. Yeah. At so, the I mean, parade. Bring some fuel to the fire, but I think it brings it for both sides. Because you don't want – I think the Lakers get it done opening night. I agree. We'll the Nuggets are obviously going to be the top contenders in yeah. the West all season. The Lakers right. looked really bad to start last when year. We're Don't forget that. Taking the Lakers. Yeah, I they agree. were shooting twenty percent from three less. They just got better and better this offseason. They, they might have had one of the best off seasons in all of the NBA, and that's with the Dame trade, with the Drew Holiday and yeah. Chris Porzingis move for my boys. They got uh, yeah, and uh, what's his what's his name? Kaminga. He looks great. He looked good in the preseason. He did. And he looked good in the... And that goes with the second game, night game out on West Coast. Phoenix Suns and their revamped team taking on the Golden State Warriors with the the addition of Chris Paul. We've seen a little bit of that in the preseason, Chris Paul and the Warriors. I've liked what I've seen, honestly. Yeah. Looks like it's flowed greatly. Yeah. But, you know, we're just talking one game here. Excited that the league's finally back. You know, I... I think I'm taking the Suns. Yeah, me too. I think KD's... Gonna go off on his on his old team, Bradley Beal. Who the hell is gonna guard? First him? time ever as a third option. Yeah, never gonna guard second. Him. He's never been a second. Yeah, I was a third. <laughs> Who's gonna guard him? Chris Paul, Steph Curry. No, Clay. But Clay has to go guard uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, <laughs> so you got Clay on Devin Booker. You're putting, putting <laughs> Steph on Brad Beal, <laughs> unless because it's a bucket. Who, every if they time start the Chris court. Paul, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. To go the along perimeter with, defense is not good outside not good. of Clay. It's not good at all. Terrible, <laughs> actually. It's terrible. I mean, I think Devin Booker and I, I, their big three is just going to go nuts. I don't see Golden State guarding those guys. I just – I, I th- it'd be best if they brought, brought Chris Paul off the bench. It really would. 
because you still have Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he's a good you want to start defender. Draymond Green, don't you? It's a key piece for your team. I feel like he's a guy they like starting. Yeah, centerpiece of that team. He brings to go the along energy. Kevon Looney, because you don't want to start him at the five with Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Chris Paul. That's a small lineup. Very. I don't think that'd work long term. No. But, I mean, I never understood the trade in the first place. Trading away Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. That was a locker room issue. Yeah. He was not going to work there after getting knocked out in practice. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that's on Draymond Green. It is. You need to keep your composure. He doesn't have composure. He's never has through his whole career. Yeah. Kicking guys in the nuts and doing whatever the hell else he does. Who are you most excited to watch this year? Because I got a few teams in mind. Probably the Suns. Yeah. I mean, that big three is just so explosive. I mean, those guys can those guys can, can actually combine for a hundred points on any given night. Like Yeah, <laughs> they could. They really could. They really like, could. The way those guys can score the ball, all three of them, like if all three of them are hot. League's out. in trouble this year. Yeah. <laughs> Suns look incredible. Bucks. Bucks. I Celtics. think they end up I don't think they have as good of a record as people think, but they're still gonna be dominant in games they're playing well. As long as they make the playoffs, I feel like they Yeah, that's all that matters. They have a chance. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, obviously my Celtics, you know, this preseason, oh my gosh, have they looked spectacular. Like I was watching the Knicks game last night. We went with our normal starting lineup. We went with Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Porzingis, with bringing Al Horford off the bench. And oh my gosh, they looked so good. I don't think Chris Porzingis has ever been that open that many times in his career. Probably not. And it, it happened in one game. Like every (laughs) single time he was shooting it, he was wide open. Because that, that it's the first time he's, you know, option number four. Yeah, option three. He's always four. option yeah, one. Yeah, I think he's option three on this team. You think? Yeah. Because uh, Drew Holiday's more of a defensive minded. And then, as much as I like Derek White on both sides, I mean, Chris Porzingis is a 7 3, three level threat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's a beast. Like, he's, a, he's a stud. He's a unit. There's a reason why they call him a unicorn. Yeah. Um, but he looked incredible. Tatum looks unbelievable with all those guys around him. I mean, just you can see he's added some weight to him. He said he added ten or fifteen pounds to yeah. him. He he was backing down plenty of guys last night. He was finding ways to get plenty of buckets that way. If and if that's the case, he was doing that one on one all night. And on the times where the double teams would come, he had way too many options. Yeah, and it was leaving way too many open guys. I think I think we're gonna be spectacular this season. But I know I'm getting it. I'm talking too much about him. <laughs> The Oklahoma City Thunder is a team I'm really excited to watch. Yeah. Just because, you know, they were already good last year. A team that was really trying to make the playoffs, they, were, they just missed it. Um, you got a guy in Shea Gilgus Alexander who got some votes for most valuable player last year, um, made first team All-NBA. Um, it seems like every list I've been seeing over the last week or two, he's listed in the top 10 and top 10 players in the league. Yeah. And then... The, the whole core is young to go along with. We've already talked about it. Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, adding Chet. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch to go along with. I mean, I don't think they'll be as fun as the teams I've been naming, but how can anyone not be excited to watch the Spurs this season with Victor Wembanyama? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the one and only guy on this team. Um, yeah, they have some solid guys around him, um, but he'll be the best player from the get-go. Yeah as they've never really had an all-star type player on that team. So the Spurs or just recently? The Spurs. Since losing Kawhi? Oh, okay. I wouldn't say they've had one. 
right. I thought Unless you were I'm forgetting somebody. Spurs haven't had all all star players. Well, I'm not. <laughs> come on, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I don't. I don't forget those times. Yeah. Those times and then the fun. last team that I'm very excited to watch this season: New Orleans Pelicans. Or. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, it looks like Zion's healthy. Yeah. It looks like he's going to play. He's looked good in preseason. You're at, I mean, and now you're adding Zion to the CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram duo. It's going to be extremely lethal. It's going to be very fun to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans are a top seed in the playoffs this year or in the Western Conference, I'd say. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans were last year's Sacramento Kings. What about the Kings? Think they're going to be any good this year? I think they'll be good, but you know, there's a lot of parity in the West. There's a lot of talent in the West, and we were talking about it on this podcast what one or two weeks ago. You know, some guys are going to miss the cut in the Western Conference, whoever that may yeah. be. It's going to be a talented team. Yeah, you know, whether it's the Mavericks, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Thunder. You know, a good teams going to miss the playoffs. And as good as I think the Kings are, I wouldn't be surprised if they had more of a down year. So, I mean, Grant, I'm not saying they're going to be one of those teams that miss the playoffs, but. There's a lot of talent in the Western Conference. And as you know, they got a good team, they got a deep team. I just wouldn't be surprised if they're more down near the six to nine, six to ten range. Yeah. That's fighting fair. in that plan. That's fair. Yeah. You know, I was trying to earlier today, I was trying to think of some some rookies this season that might make some key impacts in the next year or two. And, you know, outside of, you know, Victor, Scoot, Thompson Twins. I guess you could say Brandon Miller. I really don't think Brandon Miller is going to be that good this year. I hope he proves me wrong. But outside of that, you know, it's like it's hard to tell out of all these guys in the first round, even guys in the second round, who's going to be those guys that make that impact for their teams right away. Grady Dick? That is who I was just going to say. Yeah. That's who I was just going to say. Because with the Toronto Raptors, I mean, they were in trade talks all offseason long. And – but they didn't really move a whole lot outside of Fred Van Vliet. So now a spot opens up at the at the guard spot. And you better believe that Grady Dick's going to get an opportunity over there in Toronto. Yeah, he should be a starter. Possibly. It'll be interesting to see who they end up starting. Yeah. You know, they also brought in Dennis Schroeder. They still have OG Ananobi as well as Gary Trent. They still have Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam. I think he'll have a chance to make a key impact right away. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm sure we'll get more to that in a couple weeks as the season is right around the corner. But nothing's bigger than OSU Penn State this week. This is do or die for the Buckeyes. Last year we got to worry about this, but as big as it's going to get this weekend as Ohio State and the three-ranked Buckeyes take up Drew Aller and company in Penn State and the Nittany Lions. It should be fun. I'll be up early for that game. I'll need a lot of coffee, but better believe I'll be loud and I'll be live. All already right. setting up, yeah. Setting up for game day on campus. Yeah. Will you be at Saw a today? Will you uh, for you guys? If you happen to listen, as soon as this comes out Friday morning, Pat McAfee is going to be on OSU's campus on Friday. Yeah. He'll be uh, doing his. He'll be doing uh, one of his episodes with his buddies outside of the shoot, starting at noon on Good. Friday. Good. Go go check it out. You better believe I'll be there. Yeah. For at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be dope. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Go Buckeyes and go Seas, baby. We'll see you guys next week.